Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Today we're going to do a unique kind of show. We're going to discuss Health Insurance 101. Now, in full disclosure, I actually work at University Health Alliance as a medical director, and both of my guests are from UHA. But the reason we're doing this show is because I was on the phone with one of our wonderful providers of ophthalmology here in the islands, and he said, you know, January comes about, and a lot of people don't know that things restart. Copays, deductibles, coinsurance. Are you confused yet? Because it sounds like a bit of alphabet soup to me. But we're, I used to be confused, and now I know a bit more about what some of these things are. So today we're going to explain all that we can about what are some of the changes that occur in health insurance on a yearly basis, what benefits start to re-up again, what are prior authorizations, what are the principles of medical necessity. This is going to be a show that a lot of folks are going to learn quite a bit about the health plan that they may have had for the last 20 or so years. Joining me here in the studio, I have Pomaikai Gomes. She is the Customer Service Supervisor at UHA. And I have Doreen Nakamura. She is the Director of Clinical Care. She has a nursing background and recently got her doctorate in nursing practice. So thank you to both of you for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Hi. Thank you. Now, a lot of folks get confused about health insurance. First of all, there's different types of health insurance. There's commercial insurance. There's government-based insurance. So most of what we're going to talk about today is probably going to be more on the commercial side. So both of you have experience in that arena. Paul, my you, what's the most common question as a customer service supervisor that you get sort of in the January beginning of the year time? What things do people often need to know about their health insurance that might surprise them? I think a lot of people want to know what they're going to expect to be paying out of pocket for the year, um, what they are going to pay when they see a doctor. A lot of our members will call in asking, saying, "We're going to go. I'm going to go to the doctor. What's going to be my copay? Um, if I have a specific service, what can I expect to be paying out of pocket for that as well? And that's always hard because... You know, sometimes you go into the hospital and you don't know what the charges are going to be. Exactly. You go to a doctor who might do a procedure and they're not even sure. So in general, if you're going for an office visit just to see your primary care provider or to see a specialist, cardiologist or someone like that, where your anticipation is just to be in the office, is there a standard set copay? For some plans, yes. Some plans have a set copay. Uh, other plans have a coinsurance instead. So you're going to pay, be paying a percentage of um, the eligible charge or what the insurance company would pay the provider. So coinsurance is a new term. Yes. Copay. So a copay might be a set dollar amount. A coinsurance, you alluded to the fact that it's a percentage. Correct. So it could be 10%, 20%, whatever that eligible charge is. Yes. And what's an eligible charge? What am I eligible for? <laughs> so the eligible eligible charge is actually the contracted rate between the insurance company and the doctor or the facility. So the members are going to be paying a percentage of that contracted rate. So some common eligible charges would be like 90-10, where uh, UHA or the insurance company would be paying 90% of the eligible charge member would be, be responsible for 10%. Um, sometimes you'll see an 80-20, so 80% with the insurance company and 20% member responsibility. 
So that's where it gets kind of complicated yes. because if you don't know how much the service is going to charge, then developing a percentage of that is actually not the easiest thing to do. It's not. So a lot of times we'll have members call in saying, I'm going to get this specific procedure done. We'll try to get in touch with the doctor's office to see what they might be billing to us um, because every procedure has a different contracted rate, different eligible charge. So we'll do that work for you to see if we can find out what they're be billing and kind of do some math um, to find out what your estimated out-of-pocket would be. And that's kind of a good idea. Estimated, you can't say for certain it's only going to be X amount or it might go up to something else. Sort of give a general ballpark mm -hmm. amount. So now deductible, that's a different term. So we have co-pays, we have co-insurance, which is percentage. And then where does the deductible come in? Sure. So some plans do have deductibles, not all of them. Um, there's also difference between whether the deductible is going to apply to every service or just specific services. So at UHA, our deductible only applies to specific services um, where you'll be responsible for the full eligible charge until you meet that deductible. And then after that, UHA will start paying a portion of the um, contracted rate. So when we talk about paying up to a certain amount, what are some common deductibles? I mean, I kind of think... You know, like car insurance, for example, when I backed into something that was my fault, <laughs> I had like a $500 deductible. And luckily, the repair at that time for my old car was only like $300. So I went, OK, well, I'm just going to pay that because that's just easier for me to pay. And it doesn't even hit, quote, my deductible. Now, that's obviously different than health insurance. That's car insurance and my inability to reverse correctly. <laughs> so, you know, that's that's on me. Is it similar to that? Similar, yes. So specific services, um, some examples for UHA members would be like radiology. Those services will apply to the deductible. So you'll have to pay out of pocket first. Once you hit um, what is our $200 deductible, um, UHA will then start paying and you'll pay, um, it'll go into a co-insurance. So you'll now pay 20% of the remaining balance instead of that full 200 so early in January when you receive a service, that might be after Jan 1 when all of a sudden you have this new deductible, it starts again. Yes, yes. And we also have members that later on in the year will not have will have those services later on in the year and not know that their deductible even applies because it they didn't have those services earlier in the year. So it so could be December 31st right. and you've never used your insurance all year. And you go in and you're like, deductible, but right. it's December 31st, and it's just because you haven't used that amount the whole year. Correct. So a lot of members will just do office visits throughout the year. They won't have any of these larger services that apply to the deductible until later. Um, so sometimes they get blindsided, right? They don't know their plans as well as we would hope that that they would. Um, so we try to educate our members when they call in to explain um, deductible there's also what's called a max out of pocket. Um, and the max out of pocket is the amount that you're going to be paying out of pocket for the year. So the maximum amount you'll pay. Um, that doesn't include any non-covered services or any fees that would apply when you see a non-participating provider. For example, balance billing um, or so taxes. Look, now it's like you're already, you're gone, you're gone beyond. So let's... Yeah. Let me take you back a bit sure. because I feel like I'm an ignoramus when it comes to my health insurance. I'm like, 
wow, these are all things I have no idea what, what my plan is and what I'm supposed to know. So so I'm going to take this a little step back. And so you mentioned that, you know, you might have a deductible. Okay. And that's only for certain services. Mm-hmm. And then you may also have a maximum amount of pocket. So that's going to be for covered services that you need to or you choose to have done throughout the year, mm-hmm. good for your health, whatever the case may be. It doesn't cover taxes because taxes are not part of something that would be covered through insurance. Correct. So I'm with you on that. And it only covers covered services. So, for example, if I decided I wanted to go Botox my forehead wrinkles because they <laughs> seem to be growing as I get younger, which I wish was happening, then that would be considered cosmetic. So cosmetic services often not covered if it's done for some reason that I just decide is, is something I want to do. Correct. And if that were the case, that does not apply to a maximum out-of-pocket that's me choosing to do that. Yes. But if it was not cosmetic and it was something like, you know, I needed to have a sinus infection treated or something to that effect, mm-hmm. then that would be part of that maximum out of pocket for the year. Correct. Average amounts for that, a couple of thousand dollars, About I think. About th- 2000 yeah. And for a family, it might be more. Yes. So f- family will be roughly double, triple that. Okay. Now, this is sort of the basics of... Of when, I mean, this is why I would learn if I called you and I was confused. And so you mentioned something about participating and non participating. Mm-hmm. That has to do with the provider's office, not necessarily if the member is participating, they're showing up, they're Correct. participating. Correct. They're enrolled. They're, they're enrolled. <laughs> okay. So um, there are different plans. There's a PPO plan, which is the preferred provider, um, there's also. Um, like Kaiser, right? You're going to be seeing the, you have to stay in network with them. With um, some of the plans, you do have the option to see participating or non-participating providers. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, learning a lot from my folks here in the studio. Pomaikati Gomes, Customer Service Supervisor at UHA, and Doreen Nakamura. She is the Director of Clinical Care at UHA. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little more about that participating, non-participating, and what happens if you go to the mainland. We will be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Pomaikai Gomes, Customer Service Supervisor at UHA Health Insurance, and Doreen Nakamura, Director of Clinical Care at UHA Health Insurance. And we're talking today about what are the basics? What are all these terms? Copay, coinsurance, deductible, maximum out-of-pocket, par, non-par. These are things that people who work in the health insurance industry might now have on the top of their head anytime they speak to folks. But for the rest of us, we may not understand what these terms mean. And I'm a prime example of what do my benefits show? I don't, I don't remember. So, so this is an opportunity to educate everybody because in January, all of the benefits restart. And there are some things that folks don't know. And this is just an opportunity to throw out some of those terms, maybe explain things and give some definitions that will help any one of us as we need to utilize our health care services throughout the year. Now, during... You're very familiar with the concept of participating provider 
and non-participating provider. Now, this has to do with the provider of services, not necessarily members or patients. And that term is something that is used here on, in, you know, in the islands, but also relates to providers on the mainland. So how would we define that term easily? So with participating providers, these are providers that we consider in our network where we have direct contracts with these providers and they accept our eligible charges, which Pomakai had mentioned earlier. With out-of-network providers, uh, these are non-participating providers, we have no direct contracts with them. And these providers can bill anything that they want. Uh, And what happens then is for out-of-network non-participating providers, we will pay up to our eligible charges minus the deductibles and applicable co-pays. That balance bill, that difference between what the out-of-network, non-participating provider charges and what UHA pays can be quite significant. Uh, I I think people oftentimes don't really understand or know firsthand the cost of health care. And with a non-participating provider, um, oftentimes if the patient has not researched that, they're left with sticker shock. Uh, Do you have any examples of where that might have happened? uh, Oftentimes we see it with members that choose to go to the mainland. And, uh, you know, we've we've had members say, oh, well, you know, um, yeah, you know, I want to go to the mainland. Cost is not an issue. We're willing to pay for it. Uh, What we try to do is we try to be as transparent as possible. We let our members know what that eligible charges are. And then we try to find out what that non-participating provider on the mainland will charge so that the member or the patient can then make their own decisions about that difference in cost. And when they see that, then, you know, it changes. Um, Suddenly, cost is an issue. Well, and I guess it also depends on the numbers. So, you know, if you were to have a service here in the islands and it might cost the member the maximum out of pocket, let's say it would cost them $1,000 or so, and they want to have it done locally. So that might be the max that they pay for, let's just say, a, a surgery that they have to have done. If they were to go to a non-participating provider, even here on the islands or regardless of where it may be, they might pay an extra $200. They could pay an extra $20,000. So it really could vary significantly. One of the things that I've seen is that sometimes, you know, here in the islands, we have charges that are somewhat predictable. We can call different facilities or call different places and kind of get an estimate of how much that would be. However, there are some places on the mainland that, you know, major medical centers or academic centers that may charge a lot more for services that don't cost as much here. And then that difference in the cost might be worth it to that member, and that's totally okay. But when they see how much that is, that might be really difficult to deal with. I mean, if it's a $200 bill, that may be something any one of us could potentially pay 
If it was a $20,000 bill, that's a huge amount, and that would be a big situation. So you could technically have non-participating providers here on Oahu, but you could also have them on the mainland, and given where health insurance or generally where health care is going, it seems like the larger charges might come from some of those major mainland centers. Is that what you see? Exactly, exactly. And, you know, the, those facility charges can go over and beyond $20,000 depending on the type of surgery or services, depending on how long that inpatient stay is. Um, so I just want to step back a little and just say that um, I, our physicians and our health care here in the islands is excellent. And there is, um, it's very rare that a patient needs to seek care on the mainland at any one of these larger medical centers. So what I would suggest to anyone that's entertaining the thought of going to the mainland to please check with their insurance company first to number one, find out what that cost difference might be um, and whether um, that service will be approved. And that gets into the other concept of prior authorization. So in some cases, insurance companies will require authorization to do something prior to having that service performed. So those might be particular things, and usually every insurance company has a list of what those things are and, and why they choose to do it that way and what the rationale is. So if somebody were to go and not have prior authorization, so let's just say they decide I'm going to go visit my my great uncle and I'm going to go do my surgery there because he's got a nice house and I want to recover there for whatever reason. And so you go there and you don't have authorization. What are the consequences? What could happen? Well, most insurance companies, again, every health plan is different. Um, the insurance company may uh, choose to do what is called a retrospective review and based on medical necessity and based on evidence-based guidelines, the service could be approved or denied. And then the next step is uh, whether it's in network or out of network. And if it's out of network, then this patient or member who has already had the service may be left with a huge balance bill. And that could be a very large dollar amount. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. You're listening to The Body Show. When we come back, we're going to talk some more with Pomaikai Gomes, Customer Service Supervisor from UHA, and Doreen Nakamura, Director of Clinical Care, about some of the examples they might have seen when sometimes people in an absolute effort to take care of themselves wind up getting bills larger than they expect and what can be done preemptively to provide the knowledge they might need so that they can get great care, the care that they need, and not have to feel as though it's going to really hit them in the pocketbook more than it absolutely has to. We'll be right back. Stay with us.
Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Pomai Kai-Gomes, Customer Service Supervisor from UHA Health Insurance, and Doreen Nakamura, Director of Clinical Care at UHA. And we're talking today about what are some of the terms that you hear about when you think about health insurance. So, so far we've covered copay and deductible coinsurance, maximum out-of-pocket. We've discussed prior authorization a little bit, retrospective review, and we're trying to help people to understand what their benefits are and what some of the changes are that occur in the beginning of the year. Now, Paul Mike, when people have troubles, they call their customer service and they call people like you. Now, when we have some problems with medications, what are some of the things that might change the use of medications? And are medicines something that require some type of authorization or is there preferred or non-preferred or how does that work? Yes. So some medications do require prior authorization. Uh, Your insurance company would have that information available to you. Uh, We do see differences in cost in regards to whether you're using a generic medication versus brand. Um, And there's also preferred versus non-preferred, which can um, significantly significantly affect how much you're paying out of pocket. So um, when there is a generic available, we do encourage our members to purchase that because it's going to be lower out of pocket for them. Um, If there is a brand available, there could be some uh, additional fees. And so the part of what we know in, in the insurance world is that, you know, the overall cost of all the care, 85% of all the premiums that are collected by any insurance company are used to pay for medical care. There's a federal requirement that that much is used towards the actual care of members. So in that situation, we want to make sure that people are making the most cost-effective decisions for themselves because if if the whole entire group of members of an insurance company, regardless of which one it is, all chose the most expensive potential brand, they may want to go ahead and pay the extra on their part a lot of times they don't realize there's a huge extra paid from the insurance side and premiums are determined by how much money is spent on healthcare services. So if everyone chose the most expensive, premiums would go up. And right. one of the things that we try and do is keep premiums a little bit lower because it's already expensive enough to yes. live here in the islands <laughs> and we don't need to make it any more expensive. So medications also have this preferred, non-preferred, generic versus brand name. Yes. And in that situation, there might be, is there a different deductible? Is there a different maximum out-of-pocket or is it all combined? They are separate. So medical services are going to be separate from your medications. Um, So that's a separate maximum out-of-pocket that you're going to be paying for your co-pays or your co-insurances there. And we talked briefly, and, and Doreen, you mentioned medical necessity. That's something that a lot of times it's used in the health insurance world as a very common term, but people may not understand. I mean, the assumption is that if your doctor writes a prescription, of course, it's necessary. And that may be the case most of the time. But sometimes there are some different issues regarding medical necessity. What, how would you describe that term given your role? Uh, so we actually have a Hawaii revised statutes that defines medical necessity And medical necessity is also based on evidence-based guidelines. So when uh, our clinicians perform these reviews, it's 
based on guidelines. Um, national guidelines national that are published. National guidelines, evidence-based. Um, and one of the things that our clinicians also consider is that every individual may have maybe some nuance that may not quite fit the guidelines. And, you know, it's a physician's or medical director's prerogative to take into account that individual difference or nuance. So I believe that insurance companies really try to look at um, the individual needs as well as the guidelines. Uh, Insurance companies are accredited. Uh, In our case, UHA is accredited by URAC. And the accreditation means that there is a c- certain standard of care, um, quality, safety, as well as policies and procedures that make um, you know clinical sense. Um, so, for an example, if the guidelines say that someone should use a certain medication for their blood pressure, and they're allergic to it or they have a reaction to it, mm-hmm. you can't follow a guideline. If you're going to have a reaction. So in that case, it's an individualized type of situation where you might have to jump through those guidelines and, in fact, step over a few of the requirements because you can't possibly take something if you're going to have a reaction or if it could affect your kidneys or something else like that. So there are standard guidelines that are out there, and they are followed pretty carefully. What happens if somebody wants something and they want to have it, and it's it's not considered medically necessary because maybe they just decide they wanted a different color of a tablet or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. They have the option. They could pay the difference for that. They could pay that difference. It might pocket. not be a lot. I mean, it could be something minor, and they would be okay with that. Mm-hmm. But they could actually contact and find out how much that differential would be. They could. I believe they could. Yes. And Paul Mikai, I bet they often do. They do. So we do have members that call in um, exactly like you said. There may be a generic available. Um, and usually when there's a generic available but you choose brand, you'll pay a differential, um, kind of like a, a penalty for choosing the brand. But there are members that have reactions to the generic or the generic hasn't worked for them in the past. In that case, we'll have the... Um, doctors call in, right, and let us know that information so that we can review it. And then that hits my desk, and then we decide, (laughs) what are we going to do? And usually, I have to say that a lot of times people don't realize it, but health insurance companies really do try to do the absolute best for for all the members that they have. I mean, I've I've seen some of the folks that I work with go to amazing degrees of trying to help out people when they need something that's really going to help for their health in general. Now, there are some things that health insurance just can't cover. We talked about my dream of Botoxing my wrinkles earlier. What are some other common things that are not covered? Cosmetic surgeries. Like my Botox. (laughs) Okay. Um, Still haven't done it, but you will all know when I do because I will not be able to move my forehead. Okay. Cosmetic things generally not covered. Mm -hmm. Um, um, Doreen, do you know of any off the top of your head? Uh, cosmetics is a big one. Experimental uh, procedures also mm-hmm. are investigational things. Right? And th- I would say check with your health plan because the health plan will have a list of services that are considered non-covered. 
And there's a variety of reasons for that. It might be experimental, like you said. It might not have been shown in the literature to actually be effective. Mm -hmm. I know sometimes we find out that things we've done for the last, you know, 20 years are now not considered to be the most appropriate thing to do. So we change. And if you want to do the old thing, we kind of might have some issues with wanting to help you to modernize your care in some way and to do it in a way that is considered the most appropriate for you. So, you know, there's a lot of things that both of you have really helped define. The terms, the difference in what these what these terms mean. If anybody has questions, what should they do? Who should they call? Do they call you or essentially customer service for their insurance? Yes. So I would um, really encourage all members, if you have any kinds of questions regarding your health plan, call your insurance company, call your customer service. They'll be more than willing to help you. And I've heard you guys on the phone, and you're always very nice and polite. I do want to thank both of you for sharing your expertise with us today. That's Pomai Kai Gomes, Customer Service Supervisor at UHA, and Doreen Nakamura, the Director of Clinical Care at UHA Health Insurance. So thanks for both of you for coming on the show today. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org and follow the links to The Body Show. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week when we talk more about how to stay healthy right here in the islands, right here on The Body Show. See you then.